Welcome back to Beyond the Stretch with uh, Uncle Mike and Cousin Vinny. Hello, Fire Service Podcast. And uh, today we're actually going to talk about just training, just a culture of training, how to embody a culture of training, how to get people to, I guess, be motivated to train. What's your thoughts on this? What the two of us have been known for over the last year, year and a half or so, is bringing two departments together on our shift to do a bunch of training. I think it all started back probably October of... 2020, you guys were hosting a truck company operations class. You decided to reach out to our department and invite one or two of us to at least come. I jumped on that and said this would be a great opportunity to do so. One, the class was phenomenal. Palmer and his truck company guys rolled in on their uh, their valiant steed of a work truck all their saws and mystical magical props that they brought in uh, was definitely was definitely great. He was definitely the guy driving the the van <laughs> offering us kids candy that day. Yep. And uh, magically their saws always started. Always started. Always started. That was really the catalyst I think that kind of brought the two of us together and during that week we discussed issues, we discussed past histories within our organizations and we discussed how were we going to bridge that gap? I think it was you that actually brought the point up is we're not going to fully immerse each other's departments into want to train and do something together. Let's start off small with like, hey, you bring your toys and do a show and tell and we'll do a show and tell back and just slowly integrate the two back and forth until we start doing some actual multi-company training and getting the guys together working together and wanting to train together yeah i think well there's always a size up it's natural to size each other up and i thought it's kind of like the whole like you cook a frog slowly which has been i'll take your word for that i mean i never cooked one it's uncomfortable right because you're they're insecure right i'm insecure you know to be insecure to one another and guys that you trust and know compared to guys that are just on the outside looking in like i was like man we need to just bridge the gap break down barriers uh, our organizations are too invested in one another not to be partners in crime. When we first kind of brought you around doing a show and tell, and we we're doing like our, our our yearly night drills, like and your companies are there, and your guys are just like, you know, hey man, they're here. What are they doing? They're like on the other side of the fence. I'm like, yeah, we invited them, man. They're here. They're covering, man. They're covering. Like we're all good. And they're watching us. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they're in, they want to know what you're doing. Like, and don't mess up. Honestly, the drill didn't go that good, and we were talking, and we had some of your guys that came down with uh, with the company, and I just laid it out, and I wanted to, I wanted to get an outside perspective because a lot of times people are defensive, and they're gonna always they're really good to talk about the good things, but maybe you need an outsider's uh, vantage point to kind of you know really what, what's going on, man. Give it to us, you know. And he did, and it was cool. Like it was refreshing to kind of hear that feedback. When I interviewed for my current position, I, that was one of the things I brought was like, I want to network. I feel like one of my strengths is networking and, and establishing relationships. More importantly, I wanted to be like, I want to have a good a good relationship with our mutual aid partners, people that we're invested in, and just kind of make sure that we're all on the same page or at least understand one another's, um, I guess, operations and what, what if we go out there, how to be good, a good teammate to them. And if they come into us, like how to be good teammates, how they can be good teammates and kind of show them what we what we kind of expect, this is how they do things. And this is when you go out into their mutual aid, what they ex- expect from you guys. And just these, this simple stuff to now, uh, I think a lot of guys are excited. We'll be like, hey, you know, they're coming today. They'll, they'll be there. And you're like, oh, cool, you know, awesome. 
because they got really cool chore coats and we want to ask how they got them. There's like more of like that firemanship like talk and stuff like where they're like talking about secrets of the trade. And when, when we do train, like we're, here's a new way to throw a ladder that we're always taught. Oh, here's a way we throw a ladder. Wow. That's so crazy how there's such difference. And it's like almost kind of competitive and like the, you have the bantering going on now where it's not everyone's just standing in silence looking at one another. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a get together that we had at the end of last year and, and a couple of the guys were kind of sidebar conversation and the comment was made about guys want to pay hundreds of dollars to go take a class in different states, but yet just over the waterway are guys that can give a spin or a different perspective or show you a different trick to do the same thing you've been doing for, for years. And it was really cool because it, it's vice versa. So that you guys, you guys are exposed and do things a certain way, and we're doing the same thing on our end. And that gap gets bridged, and next thing you know, like everybody wins. Mm-hmm. And that's been the the kicker is everybody's a winner when everyone kind of gets along and and shares each other's secrets. Because when you keep your secrets to yourself, no one benefits from that other than you raising a ladder this way is helpful and it might work in these situations. Oh, cool. Hey, when we do this in our high rises, this really helps us. Awesome. We'll take that back and work with it and see how it benefits us. It's It's been a good good opportunity for us to kind of work together and, and learn these different things and, and build these relationships because at the end of the day, you live where I work and I live where you work and there's a lot of other guys in that situation and that's kind of what bonds us together is we're there for the mission and the mission is for the public, our families and our houses and what we do on a daily basis. That's what's important. And we're there to protect each other. Yep. I mean, we are mutually invested in one another and our organizations. And obviously I'm going to give 110% to where I work. I'm going to give what I can to support you all as well, because at the end of the day, you're first due to my family when I'm at work and we are first due to yours. And it's just, it's kind of a unique, both of us being in the same, like counterparts in the, within our respective organizations, it's definitely more motivation to be like, I want to size this guy up, make sure he's squared away, right? You've done the same thing to myself and it's like, okay, good. Now, how do we help one another? I definitely think that it's it's been a good time to to see that. And I think a lot of stuff that we've done, we've done a, we did a large area search class together it was cool because the first couple companies that went through were from our, our our organization, and you're a student of what you're taught and a a victim of what you've learned. And so your way is your way. When your guys came and your companies got integrated into training, there's a different way done, and they see it and are like, "Whoa, that's not us." You know what? That's a different way. It was cool, like those guys having the conversations about. Uh, one of them was like the victim drag because we had the the live victims or there and boogied around and grabbed these these people and are and carrying them out everyone just kind of watching going well that was that's faster <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and you're like oh okay well that's good this is good it is cool to see that inter like inter- interagency relationship and then the things you learn from one another now within our own organizations like how do we get the culture and the and the mindset and the expectation that we're training and doing things outside of what the minimal requirements are I guess that all boils down to is uh, is taking the risk and caring enough to go ahead and be uncomfortable is really what it comes down to being is is being uncomfortable and 
when we provide these opportunities for the guys to uh, go to the convention centers or go to the training grounds with each other, it's not about anything that we're doing. We just facilitated this experience and they do their thing. You might get a rep, I might get a rep in and, you know, we got to keep our street cred up at our levels. But outside of that, it's them, it's their show. They're doing it. So those different things and being able to, to kind of mold into a different mindset to being open to others' perspectives and others' training and taking away a little bit of everything. Because if you go in with a, this hard-headed mentality of, well, that's that's you guys, but this is us, you're going to fail and, and waste each other's times. But if you walk in there open-minded and say, I'm going to take away away from this opportunity as much as I can and then see how I can apply it to my own daily life or daily functions at work, then I think it's a, it's a win-win. Everything seems so structured and scheduled, and that's kind of like the norm for us. So there wasn't a whole lot of outside of that, right? Because we had everything chiseled away at three hours a day of, of, of scheduled training. So we were training, and we had the hours we needed. We had a lot more hours than probably some other organizations. And you would go and you'd, you'd, you'd contribute that to, oh, if, you have, if you're an organization that your department's accredited or you have ISO 1 or whatever, yeah, there'll be like, there's definitely standards and, and requirements that you have to meet. Isn't it deeper than that, man? Like, does ISO want us to be good or is as, as the public that phones 911 uh, when they need us, uh, you know, maybe hopefully only once in their lifetime, want us to be good? You go ahead and you, there wasn't a whole lot of extra stuff. Finally, I think we're shifting to, we, we get a lot of guys that are, that are transitioning up into like the officer ranks and that have been here that are going and are, and are finding other opportunities to train. And another organization is identifying truck company ops, for example, and bringing them in being like our area of the country is what? What is it? Heavy. It's engine heavy and EMS responsive. Right. We want to basically establish a truck culture. We have a, an idea what that is. We have an, uh, Maybe we can have a couple guys stand in front of a dry erase board and, and talk truck and show us how to change some blades. But uh, w- let's talk about the part of the country that the guys that do that on a, on a normal basis. And I think we're finally at that point where we're, we're transitioning into that and you do see a lot of self-initiation when it comes to different techniques and different things occurring. Um, that was, when I started in the door, wasn't a, a normal thing for us to to see happen. Well, we were definitely never a structured daily training regimen. We were a group of people in our organization that was, we were okay with leaving a hose wet on the ground and responding minus a cross lay or with half our supply line laying out on the ground go to a call and coming back or we got really good at repacking in a hurry and coming back and finishing our drills or starting over. It's what we did. So we never really had the opportunity to, to stop, have coverage, go out of service for a, a, a small block of windows throughout the day. So we get really good at being on the fly, which has its benefits and it, it definitely has its setbacks. It takes a lot more initiative and motivation to keep going after you get broken up with medical call or after a fire alarm, after lift assist to come back and want to stretch that line one more time or finish cribbing that car that's been sitting in the, the station parking lot for the last six months, you know, but it's been good. And I think getting perspective from other people and being able to work alongside of others that are like-minded, both sides of the fence want to do the same thing, which is to provide the service that the public demands and expects from us and are willing to go to whatever ends that means 
to make that mission possible. And with that being said, you and I have had to uh, really gut check each other and we've really had to fight the status quo, so to speak, in order to to get this new initiative up and rolling. And I, I think it's not perfect, as flawed as many things are, but it's definitely the the right thing to do. And I have zero regrets on how we've gone about it so far because we have to we have to learn as well. We've been supported. This is different. It was different. Our senior officers came up in just a different way. This is not a normal thing for them to be like, hey, we're bringing these guys in the train with us and our guys. A chief that I worked with prior to this rank, he had a good relationship established. They kind of, I was like, oh, this can work. This can work. It's not illegal. You know, (laughs) there's no rules. Hey, let's meet each other. And then, oh my God, we're both from Cleveland. This is crazy. What the heck? It is odd how things do happen. Building relationships across departments is paramount, especially when there's mutual aid involved. Kind of being vulnerable and taking that chance is huge. But if done correctly and, and you keep your, an open mind, you uh, you can definitely receive dividends on, on that investment that you've just made. But what do you think of, so we talked about crossing sandbox lines. What is your thought on your neighboring station within the same organization, multi-company, or just the the house next door to you? I think that there was always, so we would draw up training and it almost seemed like there was no rhyme or reason with what companies would go to the training just because it was easiest to basically take someone from each district out. So there's always that coverage in the district. We've made a more conscientious uh, effort to make sure that first and second two companies are working together. That way it's the, it's the normal response, right? So our time to do day drills, this is our time to do night drills. We've done a better job of, hey, let's making sure those companies are going to be responding to with one another and first or second do. And those officers and those firefighters can just get together. I think what we try to do is bring everybody together in some capacity, maybe not all the time, but as, as frequently as possible, even if we can do once a month or every once every two months. So everybody sees everybody because the way the call volume runs and the way everybody's out running these med locals, you'd never know who's going to be first due to your box. So by doing that, I think that exposes each other to being in the environment of knowing each other's capacities because nobody's perfect, no matter how great you think you are. Nobody's perfect, including myself. And it shows you that everyone actually cares. We try to rotate and I do my best to kind of allow for the opportunities to be there. I fall short many times, many months. We just try to set up as best as we can for an hour per company to kind of see each other. That way when the that call drops and you have the, the fifth due is actually second due to your fire, you've seen each other you know each other's face, you've at least been in the suck together and training a little bit to know that, hey, I can trust you and you can trust me. We both have our limitations and we're going to bounce and we're going to make it work. Yep. So that's just kind of what I try. So I would say with that, do you have any advice for the company officers who may be in that position to where they don't feel comfortable enough to ask for permission or how to kind of set this up in their area? Oh, man. I guess it's kind of just knowing everything that's going on. Uh, it really just is on the work environment and what, what their supervisors like. 
Uh, a lot of times, if you're in a or if you're in a company officer and you feel like you're you're micromanaged or very restricted as far as like your supervisor, if you if you jump the idea through them and almost make it like it's their idea or invite them, I was in a situation where that was kind of like the what I, I felt like I had to do in order to get the permission, be like, hey, why don't you come? We're, we're going to do this. Why don't you come give us ideas on this? Or what are your thoughts on this? And then we're going to do this drill, execute this drill. And a lot of times they'd be like, well, I can't make it, but you can go do it. Have that dialogue with your supervisor because I think most of them would be like, yeah, yeah, go train. We want you to train. Sometimes you just got to leave a pre-connect behind or get training hose and build a prop just because you have to keep your rig in service. But there's always a way to accomplish your goal. And even though you have to maybe work because you had to do 15 minutes and get some plywood and spend 40 bucks. Like there's a way to, to have that forever and have the opportunities. Like it'll pay dividends down the road. As long as you are able to um, do a little bit of work up front, you don't need a whole lot of time. You, you can do a lot of stuff in 10, 15, 20 minutes. If you have the ability to basically reach out to your second due company officer and be like, Hey, we're going to take, we have the ability to take your rigs out of service. But like we're going, can you cover us? Like, I think most people are always, whether or not they expect that, that favor in the, in, in the future, that's okay. If you got a guy that's like, hey, just let us know when you when you need to train, we'll cover you. Get that without uh, feeling like you're going to be delayed or miss the opportunity to kind of get out the door fast. Well, I think, so going from the company officer level now to the, the fireman level, that lower level, if you see an idea, YouTube video, you watch the Instagram video or whatever you're, you're, you're into, and you bring it back to the company... Yeah, ask the boss, like, hey, can we try this? I want to see if it works. Or, hey, I just watched this video of how to pull this this cross layer, how to convert this into this. And honestly, I was always a firm believer, and I, I still am, to challenge your boss to get out and let's try this. Let's see if it works. Or, hey, can I have a half hour today to take the new guy out so we can work on this? A long time ago, a boss of mine told me that if you're training, actively doing something to better yourself and the department and the service we provide, no one's going to come up to you and yell at you for training. If you really think about that, well, someone come up to you and say, hey, you guys aren't allowed to train to be better. That's 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 null and void. That's not reality. It's always a learning experience. If you do something that maybe wasn't the best approach, you can learn from it and move on. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just, yeah, don't have the fear challenge each other, keep pushing that status quo to be better. And that's kind of where I'm at. That's, that'd be my advice is just don't be afraid to ask or just don't be afraid to do and give yourself the opportunity to explain why it's for the better. Right. Uh, we have an email. If you want to send any questions or comments to us, it's going to be beyond the stretch podcast at gmail.com. You can send those uh, thoughts and comments to us and we would uh, definitely uh, get back to you until, uh, the next episode, this is uh, Cousin Vinny. Uncle Mike. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you.